The Dallas Stars may be off tonight, but there is still plenty to discuss with this team. On today's episode, we'll talk about Rope Hintz's new contract extension and what it means for the team now and going forward. And we'll also answer a couple mailbag questions from you, the listeners. All that coming up on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Wednesday, November 30th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener of the show, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. If you're new to the show and you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button or the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform if you're listening on audio only. And you can also find and follow us on social media at Lockdown Stars on both Instagram and Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter account at Dane Double Underscore Lewis. Thank you guys for the continued support and for submitting some mailbag questions as well uh, that we'll get to a little bit later on. And I know some people had questions about Rope Hintz's contract. And uh, just note that I do see every single mailbag question that gets sent in, whether or not it gets featured on an episode. I do see it and I do appreciate it. So continue to send those in when you see the mailbag prompt on either Twitter or the YouTube community tab. Now, let's start out today's episode talking about the Biggest news surrounding the stars right now and some news that maybe caught some people, including myself, by surprise. But on Tuesday morning, it was announced that the Dallas Stars had signed forward Rope Hints to a new contract lasting eight years worth $67.6 million in total. That comes down to an $8.45 million AAV, so making $8.45 million every season for the next eight years starting next year. He is still, of course, finishing out his current contract and was set to be an RFA this summer. But Jim Nill and the front office, they take care of business here at the end of November. And I think the team is better for it now and in the future. Like I said, it was pretty unexpected, not necessarily something I saw coming. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one, no doubt. Really glad to see that Rope Hintz's future with the team is locked in and secure because we, all of us from, you know, following this team, watching this team know how much, you know, it wasn't very fun to watch the situation unfold with Jake Ottinger and especially Jason Robertson this offseason of both of those guys being RFAs, but wondering when they're going to resign. And then eventually with Robertson, the question of is he going to resign? When is a deal going to get done? And of course, a handful of jokes have been made on this podcast and I'm sure across the Stars fandom as well about, well, then we get to do it again this summer with Rope Hints, but now we don't have to worry about it. And I'm really glad to see him back. I think Jason Robertson, while he's maybe one of the best scorers on the team, I think, and I know I'm not alone in this opinion, but I think Rope Hintz is far and away the best two-way forward, maybe the best overall complete forward on the team. He can obviously score. He can win in the face-off circle. He can 
play penalty kill. He can play on the power play. He can do a little bit of everything when he's out there on the ice. And he is now currently the Stars' top centerman. And so really important to lock him in for the future. And the front office does just that. And this makes things a little bit interesting going into the next offseason for the Stars. Uh, just as far as the personnel on their roster, guys leaving, guys that you know might be retiring, not coming back. There's a lot in question, a lot up in the air right now that we won't really get a ton of clarity on until the season ends, which hopefully for the Stars is not for a while. Hopefully they're able to do this for quite some time throughout the early goings of the spring and into the early stages of the summer as well. But one thing to take into account that I didn't mention in my quick two-minute reaction video, something that I'd forgotten about, but it seems like, and that's not necessarily confirmed from what I can see, but there's a lot of belief that the NHL salary cap will be going up for next season by about $4 million. I saw an article uh, that came out mid-October on the NHL's website saying that Commissioner Bettman is pretty confident that we are going to see the salary cap go up by about $4 million next season. Now, there's a lot that goes into that that we're not going to discuss here. I encourage you to do your own research there if you're interested to know and see why that is the case. But that is something to take into consideration when you look at the Stars' current cap situation and adding a guy who's going to make $8 million a season over $8 million a season onto the books next season. But there's that, and also the fact that the Stars are going to have a lot of players who enter free agency this summer. Perhaps the biggest of them, Joe Pavelski, who will be an unrestricted free agent at the conclusion of this season. Denis Gurionov will be a restricted free agent. Luke Glendening will be a UFA. Yoel Kiviranta, a UFA. Ty Delandria, an RFA. And defenseman Joel Hanley, a UFA. So that's quite a few names that are going to be entering free agency. And, and I cannot imagine that all of these players come back and each of them is in a little bit of a peculiar spot and each situation is a little bit different. And of those players, of there, there are any that I wanted to keep, there's probably really three that I would be dead set on trying to keep if the Stars are wanting to, again, be competitive and try to make a run for a cup next season. And that is Ty Delandria, Luke Glendinning, and Joe Pavelski. Now, there's a lot of speculation about Joe Pavelski. Is this his last season? Is he going to retire at the end of this year? Could he run it back? And there was a little bit of discussion from Stars GM G Jim Nill yesterday saying that it's really going to come down to Joe, whether or not he wants to come back. This is a quote from Jim Nill saying, if he still feels he can play at the high standard he wants to play at, then we'll sit down and talk. So it's really going to come down to what Joe and his family want to do as far as his future in the NHL, whether or not he wants to come back and play another season. It seems like the Stars are very willing and interested to discuss that possibility with him. Now, as far as Glenn Denning, I think that he's an underrated piece of this team if the Stars can get him back for a relatively cheap deal. I think it's nice to have a guy like him who wins face-off battles, wins puck battles, can play on both the five-on-five -five and the penalty kill, one of the best defensive forwards on the team. And of course, Ty Delandria, one of the young key pieces to this team, maybe not as key as a Robertson, Hintz, or Haskinen, or Ottinger for that matter, but a guy that I would personally like to see stick around, even just based on the small sample size we've seen from him this season. Hanley, I just don't think that he has a much longer future with this team. Kivi Ranta, as much as I love him, and I know many of you do as well, I just I feel like he's going to be in a John Klingberg situation where it's going to come down to maybe keeping some other younger pieces that are still at the AHL level or the junior level, and it's going to come down to those guys or maybe another key 
player in free agency or trades as well, or Kiviranta. And as of right now, I feel like the Stars are going to go that off alternate route and the same with Denis Gurionov unless Denis Gurionov just has an insane turnaround uh, through the rest of this season I just don't know how interested the stars are going to be to signing him to some sort of long-term deal I know that he's had his flashes but we really just haven't seen a ton from him this season and I know that there was some time that he missed due to injury things of that nature and there is still plenty of time for him to get things turned around and I personally am rooting for him to do well this season but I just don't know if he's going to be a guy that the stars want to keep around long term if that means they don't get to keep or you know keep guys that are currently at the AHL or playing for junior clubs or potentially bringing in another free agent this offseason there's a lot that goes into it and I'm curious on your thoughts if you're watching on YouTube let me know in the comments down below what you think of the lineup of free agents for the stars who do you want to see stay who do you think will be leaving in the offseason. Uh, and, and if you're watch, listening on audio only, feel free to shoot me a tweet on Twitter about that as well. But with all of this said, you go back to the Rope Hint signing and you look at some of the other signings that Jim Nill has been responsible for as of late. Miro Haskinen last season, or at the beginning of last season, Jake Ottinger and Jason Robertson in the summer. Rope Hint on top of him, you know, kind of picking the staff that scouts and drafts these young players like Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, Maverick Bork. Jim Nill is kind of on a hot streak right now, and I think he's done very well. Not that I think there was a lot of Jim Nill slander out there. I think that he continues to, you know, just kind of fly under the radar at times. But in moments like this, I think he certainly does deserve some credit for not only building a great roster, but being able to keep these players around for the long term. Of course, Robertson, not as long term of a deal, but if he continues to play the way he's been playing and the Stars seem interested in keeping him, I have no doubt in my mind that when it's time for him to strike up a new deal, that it could be for about seven, eight years, uh, and he could make quite a bit of money if he keeps up his style of play. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will jump into some mailbag questions. We're going to talk about the Dallas Stars' third line and if they need to see some movement on the roster right after this. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. You can bet on college football championship weekend. You can bet on the NFL, NBA, NHL, World Cup. You can bet it all at betonline.net. And if you love, Sports podcast, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening around the sports world. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. Moving on on this Wednesday episode of Locked on Stars, thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube as well as your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where or how you may choose to listen. Now let's jump into some mailbag questions. Uh, thank you again for those of you that submitted questions. Always do enjoy talking about these and getting these nice breaks off from games to just kind of get some insight and kind of get the the pulse of what the Stars fans, the Stars community out there is feeling and kind of what's running through their mind with this team. And our first question comes from Drew Butler on Twitter. Says, hey, Dane, I got to ask, should Ben Johnston-Delandre be the second line 
over Marchment, Sagan, and insert third player here. There certainly has been a revolving door at that third spot on the second line. This is a really insightful question, really great question, and one that I personally have thought of myself and I just don't know if it's necessarily the best move and I think that there is a reason why those guys play where they do in the lineup and I think the really nice part about it is that this is not the best line on the team although there are nights where maybe they are the best line on the ice the stars now kind of have the personnel and the capability to spread out their offensive attack. Of course, the top line is a threat at all times. That Robertson hints Pavelski group, they forecheck hard, they score goals, they generate scoring opportunities. They pretty much lead the team in every advanced statistic as far as shots, scoring chances, and things of that nature that we'll dive into just a second. But then you have this other trio of players that also generate a ton of offense, maybe not quite as much consistently as the top line, and I think part of that might be the numbers weren't necessarily there at the beginning for some of these players. It took Jamie Benn a little bit of time to get going, and Ty Delandria now is starting to heat up as well. And I, so I think that there's something to be said that the top line was was on from the first game of the season, whereas the third line, I think it took a little bit of time for them to find their footing, which makes sense. You had one kid who had never played a game in the NHL before and another kid who had had a very small sample size of experience in Ty Delandria. But I do think that there maybe is an argument to be made to move them. But at the same time, I think that they play in a really good spot because it helps spread out the offensive attack. And just look at some of the advanced numbers. The top line has 20 goals for this season at five on five. And right behind them is actually the third line with 11. Of course, these are just like I said, five on five goals. This does not factor in shorthanded goals, power play things of that nature, or empty net goals. This is just pure, plain five-on-five according to natural stat trick. Top line leading the way with 20 goals right behind them is the third line, Ben Johnston-Delandria with 11. And they are also the third line second in expected goals for the top line leading that category as well at 10.11. And the third line, 5.81 second on the team as far as line combinations unexpected goals for. So they're a very efficient group, and I think they do, they're kind of just maybe the light version, or, or some might say the diet version, even though that feels like I'm cutting them short and not quite giving them their credit of what that top line does. They also find ways to fork check hard. They generate those scoring opportunities. Just look at the goals that they scored in that Monday night game against St. Louis. I mean, great passing, good vision, good puck movement. That first goal, I think that Jamie Benn did a really good job of positioning. He knew he had to position himself to screen Jordan Bennington, and that gave Wyatt John an opportunity to shoot and if Johnston has that opportunity to shoot with the visually impaired goalie he is going to bury that nine times out of ten and then we also saw the beautiful passes on that second goal of the evening that ended in a Delandria goal I mean that is again just a testament to Jamie Ben always looking to move the puck to his teammates and set them up but Johnston starting to take up some of that as well he is a goal scorer but he also knows when his teammates are open and when they're in a prime position to put the puck in the back of the net. And so I think another key reason why you keep that line at the third line is I think the second line maybe, maybe, just maybe, has started to find maybe the missing piece of that unit. Like we've said, it's been a revolving door. Marchment and Sagan have been, you know, key pieces there. They've stayed there pretty much all season, but it's been a weird rotation. Kiwi Rontas hopped up there a few times. Dennis Gurionov has been in and out of that role, and it just really seems like the Stars have struggled to find any consistency there. Mate Blumel, whenever he was with the team, did pretty well there, but now he's back with the Texas Stars. 
But on Monday, for the first time, we saw Roddick Foxa get slide, slotted into that spot, playing the center position and moving Tyler Sagan out to the wing. And there were no goals by them on Monday, but they did generate 13 core C4, which is just general shots, not necessarily shots on net. This you know, takes into account any shot that goes wide of the cage gets blocked. And so they were generating shots and they were getting the puck towards the net and they were not necessarily always on target, but they did have their moments. And I really do think that there is something to be said of moving Sagan out to that wing position. He can play down the middle really well. He can win those faceoff battles, but that's really where Roddick Foxa shines is winning in the faceoff dot and kind of being that aggressor. And I think that maybe moving Sagan out to that wing position opens up his offense a little bit more. And so you have him and Marchment, both those guys, just pure, clean, effective goal scorers. You have those guys there, and then you have Foxa kind of in the middle as the brute force. And I think that there's something interesting brewing there with that trio. We, of course, need to see more from them this season. I, I hope that we'll see them tomorrow night against the Anaheim Ducks. I don't know if that's for certain, but I do think that that is an intriguing group right there. And then you have Gurionov down on that fourth line with Glenn Denning and Kiwi Ranta. And I think the third line is okay where they're at. And I think coach Pete DeBoer likes where they're at as well. And it just makes things incredibly difficult for, as far as game planning for the opponents, having to game plan for that top line, but then also knowing you have a bottom six line that can also burn you just as bad offensively. Well, we're going to take one more quick break and we will continue with some mailbag questions right after this. All right, let's close out this Wednesday episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This last question comes from the community tab. A little bit more of a, it's about the stars, but a little bit more of a different question uh, coming from Mark Jones on YouTube. He says, how often are you able to go to games in person, Dallas Stars games, and what's been the best part of the job so far? And I do have to say, as far as the best part of the job, it's things like this. It's the the questions that get asked. Again, a lot of questions uh, coming in, um, even as I'm recording that I've missed out on, but you know, hopefully still address some in this episode. But it's getting to kind of be a part of the pulse of what goes around in Dallas around this team, or even people that don't live in Dallas that still care about this team, that still follow this team. To get to be just one voice in that mass group of people has been really fun and getting to share in the excitement of the big games whenever you know you see Joe Pavelski get a hat trick at his age in Montreal, things like that really exciting or you know clinching a playoff berth late in the season, those really close, intense games like the ones we saw against the Vegas Golden Knights last year or the Winnipeg Jets, but also being sad together, watching Johnny Gaudreau send a puck past Jake Ottinger in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, it's just sharing in those moments together and getting to discuss those games and discuss those moments. That's something that I've really enjoyed. And also just getting to understand and appreciate the sport kind of from a different perspective, having to be a little bit more critical of the games and, you know, getting the opportunity, which I'm very fortunate to get to attend post-game press conferences, to get to be inside the Stars locker room after a lot of home games and get to just listen to some of these players and occasionally send some questions their way and just kind of pick their brains and see what they see, what they think while they're out there on the ice. And it just adds a whole new perspective, uh, which is something I'm very grateful for. And as far as getting to go to the home games, it's kind of spotty just because I don't do this full time. So I, I sometimes have other things come up, uh, whether it's other working opportunities, uh, working hours rather that kind of demand my attention and time elsewhere or if there's something else coming up like I was not at the game on Black Friday uh, whenever they played the Jets I was back home with family around Thanksgiving but you know didn't necessarily have to be back still got to watch on TV so thanks to my 
my boss here at Locked On, who, you know, kind of got me connected with the Stars PR, and they've been kind enough to let me in the box several times this season and get to meet some people out there and interact with a lot of the other Stars writers and media members, which has been another great part of the job as well. All of those people, very great and have been very kind to me so far. So just a, a nice little fun question that I appreciated. I, I know that this show is mainly about the Stars, and I always want to keep it that way. Uh, but if there's ever personal questions that come up, it's always nice to you know open up the door a little bit and give a little bit of insight, uh, especially with a day like this. No game, um, you know, to just talk about some things like that and give a little bit of insight of what this is like. I mean, there's a lot more that goes on than just me talking into this camera for 20 to 30 minutes every day, uh, and I really do enjoy it. And all of it is possible because people like you continue to watch and listen. So I hope that answers the question there. And again, thank you to all of you who submitted mailbag questions. Hopefully we'll get to do this again sometime soon, although the games are starting to pick back up for the stars. And that will be mainly what we talk about tomorrow. The Anaheim Ducks coming to town, the potential return of John Klingberg. Uh, I know he's been injured and missed the past few games. I'm hoping that he does get to play or that he at least will be present. Uh, I think that'll make things interesting going into this matchup. Stars returning home to face the Ducks to kick off a pretty lengthy homestand. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and hit the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, and you can also find and follow us on social media at Locked on Stars on both Instagram and Twitter. My personal Twitter account is at Dane double underscore Lewis. And remember again to tune in tomorrow for a game preview, the Stars' first contest of the season against the Anaheim Ducks. But thank you guys so much again for tuning in and submitting those mailbag questions. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>